Welcome back, my friends. I hope you're doing well in this transitionary period in the garden. Hopefully a fall garden is going in the ground or in a hydroponic system for you. We have Mike Chang back on the show. He's the in-house agronomist for Growers House, which is an absolutely massive hydroponic retailer. I've been working with them for a few years now and, and love the guys on the team. So Mike, we've been talking pretty deep on, on nutrients. Mm-hmm. Now we're sort of moving into how these nutrients interact as, as well as if, you're, if you are a hydroponic grower, uh, of any scale, um, how, how you sort of have to work with that growing media to get the right results. Yeah, I think a good place to start is just kind of defining uh, what we're working with here. So in in soil science terms, um, the ions that are present in your soil solution, which is the liquid in the soil, are referred to as cations and anions. Those are positively and negatively charged particles, respectively. So mm-hmm. things like uh, calcium, ammonium, magnesium, those things are considered cations because in solution, when they're dissolved, they have a positive charge. Things like phosphate, sulfate, chlorine, those are anions because they inherently have a negative charge when dissolved in solution. Makes sense. So when, when you hear about a phrase that I hear tossed around all the time, you know, cation exchange capacity or CEC, I think sometimes that can go over, you know, a beginner grower's head, whether it's soil or hydro. So do you mind just sort of dropping some knowledge on what exactly that means? Sure. So basically CEC is a measure of how the media that you're using can hold onto ions and release ions. So if your soil has a high CEC, then it has a high potential to hold onto cations and a high potential to exchange cations with other particles in the soil as well. Um, if you have a low CEC, then say uh, if you have a low CEC soil and you water that soil through, a lot of the times you're going to leach a lot of those cations out because there's not a high enough CEC to hold on to those cations. Got it. Does it make sense then to say that it is always better to have a high CEC or are there situations where that's not true? I would say it really depends on the crop you're growing. That's definitely going to depend on it, um, depending on the fertilizing requirements and kind of how the plant that you're growing evolved. You know, like an annual like cannabis, uh, you definitely want a high CEC because the plant is made to live for one year and it, it has the genes there to try to maximize the growth potential for that one growing cycle. Um, it may be different for other plants. Obviously, not all the soil in the world has high CEC. So there are a lot of plants adapted to low CEC soils. They just have different nutritional requirements typically. Yeah, that makes sense. What, okay, so let's say you are a hydroponic grower, or I suppose even even a soil grower, but it's probably more applicable to hydroponics. When, you, when you're thinking about the media that you're using to grow, whether it's coconut core or rockwell cube or, you know, really w- whatever, uh, what does someone need to know with how to, how to sort of prep that and, and work with that so that you're getting the result you want? Sure. Um, you know, cocoa is a great example. Um, you know, you may have heard the term buffered and unbuffered cocoa coir when you're buying right, it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So that so when you get cocoa um, from these large producers, typically it's pretty high in sodium. I mean, it's a it's a tropical plant. A lot of the times it grows near salt water. So coconut husk is inherently high in sodium. Um, so what that actually means for the coconut husk is naturally it does have a high CEC. Like there's already a lot of sodium ions present within that coconut husk. So what you have to do is you have to essentially wash those sodium ions out and replace them with standard 
ions that you'd find in a good uh, media for growing like calcium, magnesium, carbonates, things like that. So when a cocoa coir mix is buffered, essentially it means that it's been washed through and it's been treated to replace the sodium ions and the undesirable cations that are originally in that cocoa to have the desirable like calcium, magnesium ions in it. So you want to make sure that if you're using cocoa, buffered is the way to go. A lot of media like rock wool, you don't have to worry too much about it. Um, rock wool is designed to kind of have kind of like a middle of the road CEC. Um, it's pretty good. The best thing about rock wool is the way that it holds water for the plant. That would, I would say, be the biggest advantage to plant nutrition as far as rock wool goes. When, when we're talking about the coconut cord to zoom back there, is mm -hmm. the reason why you see a lot of the sodium ions in there from an unwashed product because of the production of coconut cords? At least my understanding is, you know, the husks just kind of float in salt water for a while until they either do or don't get washed and, and then ground and produced, right? That's often the case. A lot of the times, you know, this stuff was trash like 30 years ago for oh, yeah. a lot of yeah. these industries. So now they're just coming to terms with how profitable it is to, you know, Western markets. So a lot of it was those cultural practices. A lot of it just is, um, since it's like a husk material for the kernel that's developing, a lot of the salts can kind of get deposited in that husk material, kind of like how the salts get deposited on leaf tips when there's too much. It's kind yeah. of a mechanism by the plant to just sequester that salt in, in kind of more in less useful plant tissues. Sure. A any other media you think would be a good choice for someone to start out with if they are going to mess around with hydroponics? You know, personally, I have always been a fan of cocoa coir. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not the most sustainable thing. Yeah, I yeah. would say um, right now they're. I like using cocoa, but I definitely think there's definitely room for something a little bit more sustainable. Um, That's I don't know. the trick, I, you know. I, yeah, I mean, and, and so you know, being in the soil world more these days, mm -hmm. you hear that peat moss is is the evil one, right? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I actually put it in my second book, Grow Bag Gardening, because I was talking about media in that, and I was saying, well, it's almost a choose your own adventure of which type of unsustainable you would rather be the consumer of. Right. Because with with peat, it's like, okay, well. We are removing it from bogs. It does take quite a long time to replenish. So it's not technically non-renewable, but on human lifetimes, if you were to, you know, strip mine it, then, then you're in a bad spot. Right. So eh, that's not great. But then you've got the human labor side. You've got the water waste side on the coconut core. And it's like, man, which one are you really supposed to choose? Right. Yeah, it's tricky. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still a big fan of cocoa mm -hmm. regardless. And obviously I try to do what I can to recycle it into compost afterwards. That's another uh, great use for it. You know, it, it improves the CEC capability of whatever you're using. So that's personally what I do when I, yeah. I have a small hydroponic grow in my home. All that media goes into my compost pile. It just yeah. benefits that compost. Yeah. yeah, I'm about to build out a huge one this end of this month, so I'll be I'll be recycling it all back in there. But great way to kind of tie this episode up. Tomorrow we're going to talk about uh, pH, especially with growing media, but also we'll touch on soil as well. Huge topic, lot to cover, but uh, hopefully we'll give you a great overview in tomorrow's show. So stay tuned. Good luck in the garden and keep on growing. If you're looking for the best metal raised beds in the world, then keep on listening. And I've also got a 10% discount for you. Birdie's Garden Products are my favorite raised bed, so much so that I bugged the company for over a year 
to let me sell them here in America. They finally said yes, and I'm now the US distributor. These are beds that are either 15 or 30 inches tall, so fantastic for a mobility-challenged gardener, an elderly gardener, or someone just really tall like myself. They don't rust, they don't leach, they're lasting 10 times longer than wooden beds, and I'm even offering a 10% discount on your first order with the code EPIC Podcast. If you go to the store, shop.epicgardening.com, pick whatever bed that you love, pick more than one bed, outfit your whole garden with these beds, and use the code EPIC Podcast, all one word, you will get 10% off your first order. I love these beds so much that not only are they the only beds in my front yard, but I took on a pretty crazy risk in bringing these to America. So, If you do want to support the podcast and you are in the market for some really high quality raised beds, I highly recommend you check these out. Thanks so much and good luck in the garden.